at 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. The Transport Education Training Authority has been responding to the COVID-19 pandemic and the future of the transport sector in the digital world. TETA recently launched a partnership to provide entrepreneurship and compliance support to small and medium enterprises in transport. To discuss this further, then, we are joined on the line by the CEO of the organization, Ms. Mapefo Ano Frempong. Ma'am, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. First things first, are you well? Are you healthy? Are those you love equally well and healthy? Uh, thank you for, 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 for the concern. I'm doing well. The family is healthy. We're all taking care of ourselves. Thank you very much indeed. Talk to us then, please, about this wonderful initiative that is taking place, albeit forced by COVID-19 circumstances, to be pretty much done hastily. Um, One of the key things that COVID-19 has uh, demonstrated for all of us is the fact that uh, it is a crisis that is unpredictable, uh, is quite uh, complex and uncertain, But what we did in the transport sector was to start looking at the demand and the supply of transport. And we identified that uh, there are a few industries that have been affected by travel bans and interprovincial travel uh, limitations. And in order to make it easy for those industries to a large extent to have some bit of uh, uh, economy going, we have identified a program that we call an economic stimulus program. This program is meant to assist those that are in the taxi industry, that are traveling long distances, that are currently not doing any form of transportation, including trucks that are meant to travel also long distance as well as cross-border, to have some sort of opportunity in the Uh, distribution and and logistics of essential goods and services. We've also identified one other subsector of the transport industry, which is uh, those that transport scholars. We call it scholar transport. Mm -hmm. But because of the fact that schools are not really open, except that we're seeing that a few grades are going to be opening or being allowed to go back to school uh, on the 1st, uh, going onwards. So what what this has done is that the scholar transporters have not been transporting any scholars. And mm. even if there's going to be a level three where some are going to transport, it won't be the entirety of it. Now, what we saw during the lockdown four and, and lockdown five, and now we will probably see the same trend with lockdown three is whether we are in lockdown, there is still a need to have transportation to be on the go, either for people to go from one place to the next to go and get essential goods, but also with the transportation of essential goods, either be it cargo being distributed from one place to the next, maybe PPEs and all of those sanitizers and everything else that goes with uh, transporting essential goods. We've also identified that because there's still a demand, even though it is limited, it would help if the long-distance uh, taxi drivers, uh, the truck drivers that are going for long distances, and as much as we can, the scholar transport that is currently affected, if we could find a way to assist them with training first, 
assist them with access to the market uh, and also assist them to get some sort of transportation of these essential goods uh, that are being transported uh, from different manufacturers to different places uh, to the end users. You know, Mema Pefo, just before mm. I forget, I, I do want you to please talk to the producers. We have to have you back. You know, the more I engage the Transport Education Training Authority, never mind the obvious responses that are immediate now in response to, say, Regulation Level 3, because yeah. 1 June is literally two business days away. Exactly. I, I mean, your authority is so fundamental now mm. to how the country recovers from COVID. Exactly. I mean, we're talking about forwarding and clearing. This is all CISG stuff between imports and exports and collaborating exactly. with your ITEX and mm-hmm. all the administrative costs associated with cross-border trade. Yeah. Freight handling, similarly to that, your income terms, mm-hmm. maritime law, Operation yeah. Pakisa, rail, public infrastructure, so the things that are taking place at Prasa and at... Um, not Prasa, sorry, at Transnet, would affect yeah. you and how you develop. Equally, when we talk about road passenger and Prasa being government's body there, yeah. road freight and how it has, well, with the limited capacity, kept the nation eating and somehow alive in these 60 or so days, as yeah. well as taxes. We know taxes and how, well, they are a health hazard for the most part because of how the condition itself is spread. Exactly. And I'm just wondering if whether or not South Africans and in particular the command council truly appreciates how TETA, if it could be even allowed to do its own thing, it could tremendously spoil things or if it was given even a bit of support and coordinated support between the many competencies within the Mm. ministries of government it could do something and a great thing at that in reviving this very compromised economy i'm going to ask you more about these things right after the break thank you so much for your time thank you thank you Viewpoint on SAFM with Songhezomapeke. Monday to Thursday, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. We are back. Mema Pefo Ano Frempong, CEO of the Transport Education and Training Authority. Not so long ago, we had the wholesale and retail um, sector and training authority and there were lots of concerns particularly raised by young people who somehow felt that they were on the periphery stipends mm-hmm. not being paid suddenly not knowing if whether or not they even have their internship stroke learnerships and mm-hmm. those who had been promised to being absorbed within that space suddenly found themselves in limbo and to an extent understandably because the spaces into which they would be absorbed were not trading a lot not of that trading. would probably pertain too to the transport industry because there has been a limitation of that. What can you tell us in that sense so that you can speak to that student who might have concerns? Well, I think the students would have to appreciate that uh, no one could have anticipated the level of disruption that came with COVID-19. So ideally, when a CETA or any entity of government would have planned early on, they would have planned uh, for the best scenario. Now that we are affected by the worst case scenario, what we did in TITA to address all of those issues, the first thing was to identify through all of our service providers uh, their the level of readiness, most precisely when we were looking at the lockdowns that were going, that were reducing as we were going on. We then came up with what we call a TITA response plan 
to identify their level of readiness, two, to identify how many of them are still regarded as essential services. Of course, it would never be the 100% of everyone in the sector. And as we keep um, uh, ourselves uh, uh, checking with all of the role players as far as we can to see how best we can assist those that are operational to be compliant with COVID-19, we are also at the same time preparing for level three and hopefully expecting that much more uh, beneficiaries students that are either at university or those that are doing artisan or those that are even doing uh, learnerships, how best they can go back um, on level three. Mm. For those that are not able to go back on level three, there is a new concept that has come up, uh, uh, which is called blended learning, using as far as possible uh, digital technologies, either using laptops and having video calls and video conferencing and whatever that which is possible to be done by each and every role player. For us to be able to know where they are at, we had to send them questionnaires, identify where they are sitting, identify their capacities, identify partners that we can partner with. And recently what we have done for those that are our beneficiaries for bursaries, we've got about 1,200 We've identified and we've started talking to some uh, uh, some of the network providers to see how best they can give them zero-rated uh, data, especially websites that are educational, try and get them laptops, see how best we can identify other ways that these students can connect. We are obviously mindful mm. that not all students have got network in all areas where it would be easy for them if they got a laptop that they could easily connect. And we are now engaging with our universities that we've got partnerships with to see how best a a certain number of those that are completely unable to connect, how Mm -hmm. best we can get some sort of uh, learning materials to them. That is for our bursary recipients. Coming Uh, to our learners uh, that are doing learnerships Uh and those that are doing apprenticeship. We have uh, also started engaging, uh, obviously not to the level we would have expected, with all of the role players to see how best we can find each other along the way to support them in their learning. Hopefully, the disruption will not be beyond 60 days. Ma, we, we need you to come back. I'm reinforcing this because the more you talk, the more I have questions, the more I want to dig. But I'm going to try and focus on this digital world that the transport industry, broadly speaking, has to engage. And I'm going to limit it for argument's sake for what really does involve the ordinary South African more than perhaps all the others, and that's the taxi industry. How can that particular industry really embrace technology in the digital age so that the user experience is not only better and more efficient, but can equally respond to the clinical respect of the spread of the condition because for instance there will be numbers and caps Mm. in taxis Mm -hmm. one will have to engage with the nearest facility that the department of health is offering and a lot of that will have to be collaborated with the industry because they will have to take the people there Mm. and all of the protocols that have to be respected for instance at taxi rank where millions of people come in and out and at times it, it becomes a melting pot for the spread of the virus, much like a funeral typically would be. How far are yeah. we now into this engaging taxi industry and the digital age? I'm asking this with you, please, to respond in a minute and a half. At 9 o'clock, we have to take news, Ma. 
Okay, um, we just had a discussion yesterday with the, with two taxi formations, mainly Santaco and NPA. And when I say we, I refer to Tita. Mm. We were uh, Tita was finding ways in which NTA um, and Santaco can engage further on how best to make sure that the protocols are enforced and how best we can even uh, use digital technology to assist. Uh, um, the taxi industry to also move with the times. We are still in early stages, early exploratory stages, but I'm hoping that by the end of level three, we should be able to get something going in the taxi industry. I'll, I'll, I'll find out the name of a particularly innovative and industrious young man from Whittlesea in the Eastern Cape who has piloted or developed and piloted an app to respond mm-hmm. to a question in relation to taxis and passengers and the user experience. On the other side of the break, news break that is as well, we're going to try and get some more questions, if not concerns, on behalf of persons living with disabilities and what they can expect come mm-hmm. 1 June in relation to public transport. Because I think in the best of circumstances, they have yeah. the strongest or heaviest of struggles mm. only made mm. worse by what we are now faced with as a society and the globe over. Mema Pefo yeah. Anofrempong, CEO of the Transport Education and Training Authority, she returns for five minutes after news break talking about the future of the transport sector in a digital world and in response to COVID-19. on SAFM. We are back. We are live. Ms. Mapefo Anofrempong, CEO of the Transport Education and Training Authority, continues until 10 past when we will have to take our break. We continue about... We continue with the discussion of digitizing the transport industry as a whole. And the first question in this new hour, Mzwokolokwelane has created a software application that will... This is an article that I'm reading from the Eastern Cape Rising Sun that will change and revolutionize the lives of commuters and bring dignity to the transport industry. Now, his tech, his company iTaxi, in partnership with Santaco, has launched its new MyTaxi app, which aims to improve the user experience of the South African taxi network. Now, in relation to these kinds of innovation, how much have you seen of partnerships on the ground between young entrepreneurs as well as the industry itself, and how much of that comes through Teta, because when we're talking about a digital world, this, what I've just read out, is exactly what essentially is being sought. Uh, I didn't hear the question, if you may repeat it. Okay. Very briefly, there's a young man from Whittlesea who has a company, iTaxi. He has partnered with Santaco, and Mm -hmm. it's about changing the lived experience of those who use taxis on a day-to-day basis who account for the vast majority of commuters in the country. Now, when you've got these partnerships taking place at a lower level, if you can put it that way, between businesses Mm. themselves and the relative bodies within the transport industry, how much Mm. of an oversight role does TETA play and how can it leverage, for instance, this existing relationship? Well, I think we can can play a role in, 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 in scaling it up beyond one province to the next and, and, and seeing how best we can even get partners on board. Uh, so I think our role would mainly be to scale up and also to assist in, in making sure that it, it not only uh, ends up being a project in one part of one pro, a province, but it is spread across the length and breadth of the country so that everyone else 
could have the same sort of uh, experience and benefit from such an innovative idea. Talking about innovation, are there any such innovations coming through to change the lived experience of persons living with disabilities using public transport in South Africa? Uh, not that I'm aware of, uh, but now that we are engaging with, 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 with most of our role players, I believe that uh, while uh, as far as we will be able to engage, we should be able to say post-COVID, uh, maybe level three and any other level, we should be able to say and declare how many uh, are involved and how many such partnerships have we been able to find out. The only partnership that I'm aware of that is really coming up strong is with, within the area of e-commerce. We all know that um, um, there are people that are now choosing the option of doing online deliveries. And one thing that we are exploring with one partnership is to see how best we can get young people involved in the delivery and distribution of those goods uh, that are coming from online platforms. So. Mm. It is still with one uh, main online player, but we, we, we want to extend it beyond one online player and possibly scale it up to different provinces. Uh, most of the things will really be clearer once we are now um, engaging more with more role players. Finally, in a minute, 1st of June is literally around the corner. Yeah. Are we ready? Is the transport industry ready? to meet the demand of passengers, equally to meet the demands of Dr. Zuelim Kiza for the purposes of continuing to fight the pandemic, COVID-19? Uh, I, I would say the transport sector is ready as far as, as, as possible. And we will be able not only to trans the transport sector will not only be able to transport uh, passengers, but it will also be able to comply with all of the regulations for, COVID, uh, for COVID-19 as per the, uh, the requirement. Mm, mm. Okay, um, I'll push the final question. Has there been any lobbying that you are aware of, either through your office or with your office, between the financiers of those in the transport business who have not been able to meet their repayment demands that you can share and tell us? No, no, I haven't had, uh, I haven't had such... Uh, very well. No, we'll leave it there. Mama, thank you so much for your time. I think with another opportunity, we will get deep into some of the very great issues. And specifically, we will focus in terms of reviving the community and how the transport sector perhaps could help in paving the way for that. Thank you so much. Excellent. Mema Pefo Anofrempong, CEO of the Transport Education and Training Authority.